This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, this is Trey Johnson. Welcome to Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. You know, years ago, the Lord just spoke up in my heart. True success is a person being in the process of knowing Him and being the best them they can be. And that's where we get the title of this show, Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. Today, we want you to take steps closer to knowing God and steps closer to being the best you that you can be. So I want you to get your pen, your paper, your iPad, your Bible, however you take notes, call somebody, let them know to tune in to the show because today we're going to talk about some things that's going to change the way we think. It's going to change what we believe. It's going to change how we live. You know, few weeks ago I was in California and I was out there doing some leadership development for a company out there and I was driving to speak at a church that night and and as I look over on the interstate up on the billboard there was a sign that said diesel 699 and I probably thought the same thing that you're thinking oh oh great inflation and on the inside the Lord just spoke to my heart he says Trey I want my people to inflate their faith I want you to think about that Yes, inflation is taking place all around the country, all around the world, but God is saying, I want my people to inflate their faith. Why is that? Because inflated faith brings inflated results. I'm here in Decatur, Texas, and I'm with my friends, and we're, we're working on our roping. I'm doing a roping clinic here at NRS Event Center, and, and so we pause just right after lunch, and we're filming this, and so there's a group of people in here that are believing God with me for you and I to come up in our relationship with God. We live in such a time that it's important that we open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you and I. You know, when God speaks, He always has our victory on His mind. When He speaks, it's always to help us, to position us, to know Him and to be the best us we can be. So I want you to think inflated faith brings inflated results. Listen to some of the definitions of the word inflate. Inflate means to fill, to blow up, increase something by a large or excessive amount, to magnify, to pump up, to boost. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Listen to the definition of deflate, to let the air out, to cause someone to suddenly lose confidence or to feel less. So you think the tactic of the enemy, you know, John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And God is saying, I want my people to position themselves to pump their faith up, to magnify the character and nature of God. Inflated faith brings inflated results. See, God moves by faith. It says we come into the kingdom of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that, for by grace are we saved through faith. So we come in to the family of God by grace through faith. And then he says, each one of us is dealt the measure of faith. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, I, I just want to read this to you because it's a very important scripture. And it says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Think about what he's saying. Think soberly. You think of a drunk person or a stone person or somebody that's out of their mind. They're not thinking correctly. And right here, Paul is writing to the church at Rome and he says, I want you to think soberly. You know what a sober mind thinks like? It thinks in alignment with the Word of God. 
2 Timothy 1.7 says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you look at the word sound mind in the Greek, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek. The sound mind means a saved mind. A saved mind, a saved mind thinks in alignment with God's Word. A sound mind doesn't think in alignment with Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong. A sound mind doesn't think in alignment with religion or tradition. A sound mind thinks in alignment with God's Word. How does God think about my body? How does God think about my finances? How does God think about my relationships? Right here, Paul is saying, I need you to think soberly and understand that each one of you have been dealt a measure of faith. The word measure in the Greek is the word matron, and it means a portion of the God kind of faith. For example, if we come to your house and you bake a a pie and you want everybody to have the same amount, you made this pie and you cut all the slices up and you divvy it out to each and every one of us, it's the same measure. So the, the measure of the God kind of faith says, think soberly, understand that, okay, you came into the family of God, you did it by faith. When you come into the family of God, you receive the nature of God and now you're dealt the measure of faith. Everybody starts out at the same playing field. Then in Romans 1.17, it says, now live by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But those who come to God must know that He is, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So faith is very important. I want you to look at it this way. Faith is the currency in the kingdom of God. Fear is the currency in the kingdom of darkness. So if I want to operate in darkness, then I stay in fear. If I want to operate in the kingdom of God, then I begin to develop my faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you hearing? When I look up at that billboard and it said almost $7 for diesel, the Lord spoke up and said inflated faith will bring inflated results. So if you're a born again child of God, you're in the family of God, you've been dealt the measure of faith. Now faith comes, faith is pumped up, faith is filled, faith increases by what you're looking at, by what you're hearing and by what you're talking about. I thought about, you know, kind of a, a bicycle wheel and you have the, you know, the, the rubber inside the wheel and you have the stem and, and you inflate the tire through the stem and I thought about putting a stem on my mouth and having stems coming out my ears and having a stem right in between my eyes and and why is that because what you look at what you hear what you talk about is either going to inflate your faith or deflate your faith inflated faith brings inflated results listen to Romans chapter 4 verses 19 through 20 and it says not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he is about a hundred years old. In the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Not being weak in faith. In other words, not deflating his faith. He did not consider Think about it. He didn't consider that his body couldn't produce. He didn't consider that his wife's womb couldn't produce. What did he consider? Let's go on. It says his body was already dead, but he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. 
You know what God has promised you, regardless of what's going on in our government, regardless of what's going on in our economy, God has promised that He supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has given us His Word, and He is not a man that He should lie. God is watching over His Word to perform it in our life, and God is saying, I need you to inflate your faith. I need you to trust that I'm going to take care of you. I need you to trust that I've already seen the end from the beginning, and it doesn't matter if diesel gets up to $100 a gallon. God is still my provider. God is still Jehovah Jireh. Things are still going to be okay because I'm inflating my faith. Inflated faith brings inflated results. But if I look at the cost of diesel, if I look at what's going on and I listen to all the negativity and I I hear and I focus on what we don't have and the price of oil and the price of this and the price of that, it's going to deflate my faith. So am I positioning myself to inflate my faith or deflate my faith? It's your choice. It's my choice. What are we doing with our faith? Let's keep going here. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul's writing to the, to the church of Thessalonica, and he says, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Now think about this. If, if Paul was writing to you, and he was writing about you, he was writing about me, he was writing about our family, could, could we see our picture beside this scripture right here? We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. If somebody's from the outside looking in, can they see that your faith is growing exceedingly? The word exceedingly means to an extreme degree. Inflated faith brings inflated results. So if I want to see different results than the world's, I've got to think different and listen different and talk different and act different and do something different. Remember, it's not the churchgoers who get the results. It's the doers of the Word of God. James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, says it's the ones who receive the engrafted Word of God. We receive what God is saying and we do something with what we're hearing. He says, those are the people that my super is going to come upon their natural. Those are the people that are going to experience the promises of God. And right here he's saying, I'm thanking God because I'm seeing your faith is being inflated. Your faith is magnifying God. Your faith is growing exceedingly to an extreme degree. Think about that. If if we want extreme results in the Word of God, then he says, "I, I want your faith to grow. I want to thank God that your faith is growing. Is your faith growing? When you look back over your life over the past year, over the past five years, over the past 10, 20, 30, is your life changed? Are you just going to church and going to church on the way to lunch? Are you just checking off the box to make yourself feel better? See, not all, not all preaching is the same. There should be a, a nutritional label whenever you go into a church. I mean, think about it. Whenever, you know, if you're wanting to be healthy or something, you look at the nutrients. Okay, it has this much B12 and it has this much potassium and this much. Well, most churches, maybe it should say, okay, 20% tradition. 35% fear and unbelief. See, God is watching over His Word. His Word, not tradition. Matthew 15, verse 6 says, The traditions of men make the Word of God of none effect. 
just because you're showing up at church, you've got to ask, okay, am I being taught how to, how to live by faith? Am I being taught how to overcome? Am I, am I being taught how to win, how to, how to be victorious in Christ Jesus? Or am I hearing the same message over and over? And it's not really challenging me. It's not really growing. It was so funny. I pastored churches for almost nine years, and, and they would look at me because I would tell them, hey, listen, if you can't get better here, there's the door. I'll help you find somewhere to get better. And they would look at me like, oh my gosh, is he really saying that? No, I'm really saying that. Why? Because I, I care about you. I want you to know God. I want you to be the best you you can be. And it's important that you and I come up. We don't want to bring God down to our level. We don't want to bring the Bible down where, to our intellect. We want to come up. I, I want you to ask God right where you're sitting or standing or God, help me come up. God, help me come up. And what is he saying? I want you to inflate your faith because when you inflate your faith, you'll get inflated results. I know every one of us could raise our hand and say, I want inflated results in my life. He's saying inflate your faith. That'll bring inflated results. So it's important what you're hearing. It's important what you're being taught. It's important who you're learning from. I can look back over my life and I can see how God connected me with men and women of God of faith that began to teach me how to live by faith and teach me how not to be religious. And you know what's so funny to me is I wanted to go to seminary. I wanted to, to, to learn the knowledge of the Bible and have all this. I thought it was so cool. And the Lord never released me to take a Bible course until I was in the ministry for 18 years. <laughs> 18 years. Why? Because the Lord wanted to teach me. Now, I've been in the ministry 24, going on 25 years now, and, and I've traveled the world, and, I, and, and, and I'm telling you, I don't care if you're Catholic, you're Buddhist, you're Muslim, you're Methodist, you're Pentecostal, you're cowboy, you're biker, you're white, you're black, you're green, you're blue, whatever it is. If you're hungry to know God, not, not religion, religion means return to bondage. I want you to think with me, when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and He was buried for you and I and He was resurrected from the dead, He did not raise Jesus from the dead to reconnect us to Baptist. I know that's shocking to some of you. <laughs> he did not come to resurrect us to Methodist or Pentecostal or Church of God or Assemblies of God or non denom No, no. He came to reconnect us to relationship with Almighty God. He came to restore us to our place of dominion and authority so you and I could be all that we're called and created to be. And he's saying, I need you to inflate your faith that I'm still the healer that I've always been. I'm still the provider that I've always been. I'm still the deliverer that I've always been. This is not a game to me and I don't want it to be a game to you. He's saying, inflate your faith and it'll bring inflated results. And Paul is saying, I'm writing and I'm seeing how your faith is growing exceedingly. So throughout the Bible, you see no faith. You see little faith. You see great faith. Is your faith growing? Remember, how does faith come? It comes by what you're hearing. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God, not by what you've heard. Some of you, you well, I've heard that before, preacher. Wait, 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 listen. Are you hearing? Are you hearing what God is saying today? God is saying today, right in the middle of everything that's going on, He's saying inflate your faith and it'll bring inflated results. You know how David overcame Goliath? He had inflated faith. He magnified God. He didn't magnify the giant. He didn't talk about how big his spear was. He didn't talk about how big his armor was. He didn't talk about how big he was. Everybody else that talked about how big he was and his spears this size and his armor, they were scared. They were messing in their pants. They were afraid they wouldn't do anything. But you know what David did? David magnified God and he says, this guy that I'm facing, I killed the lion and I killed the bear and I'm fixing to take this turkey down and I'm going to chop his head off because I'm magnifying the God who sent me. 
And God is saying, I want you to magnify him. I want you to fill your faith. I want you to boost your faith. I want you to inflate your faith because inflated faith brings inflated results. Go with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, you have Jesus, the disciples. Jesus has been teaching about the parables of the kingdom of God and teaching them the importance of the seed and teaching them the importance of the different types of soil. And, and he gets done teaching. And he says, okay, guys, let us go over unto the other side. You know, between where we're at and where God wants us to be, there are going to be some things to overcome. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you're going to have trials and tribulation and persecution and tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world and I've deprived it of power to harm you. So Jesus is saying, all right, guys, let's, let's go to the other side. Just like he's saying to you and I right now, I need you to go from where you're at. I need you not to waste your time. I need you not to waste your gift. I need you to rise up and develop the gifts and the callings and the dream and the vision that God has placed on the inside of you. Why? Because there's other people attached to your gift. There's other people attached to your relationship with God. So he tells them, guys, let's go to the other side. And Jesus enters into the boat and he begins to take a nap. And this is where we pick this up. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, now think about what's taking place right here. These guys that were in this boat, they weren't just on the canoeing team. They weren't on the rowing team for the first uh, University of Bethlehem. I mean, these are professional fishermen. These guys, they have grown up on the water. They have grown up fishing. They have seen some storms. And I want you to think about it. They don't know if they're going to make it back or not. The storm has gotten so intense that they're starting to think, guys, I don't know if we're going to make it. Now, to kind of help us put it into perspective, you know, I've grown up on horses my whole life. And when I was a little kid, you know, I, I broke my first colt when I was five years old. You know, and so when I was little, the colt would act up, horse would rear up, and it would scare me. It would startle me. But now that I'm some years into this and I've been on some pretty extreme wrecks, it's going to take a lot to stir me up. Why? Because I've been in some storms and I realize I'm going to be okay and I've realized what to do and I've learned how to get around a horse and it's not going to really bother me that much and everything's going to be okay. These fishermen, they were professionals. These fishermen, they'd grown up. And I want you to picture this. There's no moon out here. They didn't have lights like we have now. Pitch black. There was a storm, so the clouds were covering the moon. These professional fishermen, they're feeling the water come up over their ankles. They're feeling the water rise up over their knees. They're feeling the water get up to their waist, and they're starting to flip out. I don't know if we're going to make it back. And so they asked Jesus. They woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Jesus, do you not care who's trying to lead our country right now? Do you not care what's going on in our economy? Do you not, do you not care? Now, now listen. That sounds like a bunch of whiners, doesn't it? God, God isn't moved by our needs. I want you to think with me, because a lot of times people think, okay, if I cry enough, that's going to move God. If I, if, I, if I suck my thumb enough and pull my ear, then that's going to move God. And they're asking Jesus, this is, in, this is serious, don't you care? 
And Jesus, He rose up and He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. So the great calm, this word great in the Greek is the word mega, so where we get our word mega, this great storm arose. And when the great storm arose, the word of God arose. What is God saying? I want you to inflate your faith to meet the inflation that's out in the world. Inflated faith brings inflated results. So when the storm arose, the word arose and He rebuked the wind. And then he said to the sea, peace be still. Notice he didn't focus on the sea first. He dealt with the unseen first. He took dominion and authority over the demonic first. He took dominion and authority over the wind. You can't see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. You can't see what the demonic realm is doing to hold back your destiny and finances and provision and relationships and the dread. But you can take dominion and authority over it and then speak to the, to, to the sea, speak to the fruit. So the word arose and he rebuked the wind and he said, peace be still. And then there was a great calm. Great storm, great calm. Great storm, great calm. Great storm, great calm. How could he bring a great calm? Because they didn't allow the storm to get in him. The only way you can have a dominion and authority over storms is not letting the storm get in you. And he spoke, peace be still. And then he looked at the disciples. And he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I want you to picture this. There were times that these men had listened to Jesus preach for hours. Six, eight hours. You think I go long-winded sometimes. I mean, I know we only have 30 minutes here on the show. But I'm telling you, you can go for long. But it, it didn't seem like that. And these guys saw Jesus take the fish and the bread and lift it up. And God multiplied and feed 20,000 people. And they had heard him talk about the seed and the sower and what to do with the seed. And how to walk in dominion and authority. And he looks at them. Why are you so fearful? Why would he say that? Because faith is a choice. He was saying, why haven't you applied what I taught you? Why haven't you taken the word and done what you were supposed to do. Why are you so fearful? Because, and then he says, uh, where's your faith? Where, where's your faith? How come you haven't used your faith? Faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. Fear is a choice. Faith, faith, they had a decision that, okay, I'm either going to let this storm talk me out of my destiny, I'm going to let this fear talk me out of my destiny, or I'm going to stay in faith and I'm going to trust God. And God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith to have inflated results. Inflated faith brings inflated results. Why are you so fearful? Faith is a choice. When people say, I just can't believe that God is healer. I just can't believe that God is provider. I just can't believe that God will forgive me for my past. You don't understand what I've done. No, no. You choose not to believe. Faith is a choice. And when pressure comes on, are you going to choose to believe God? Are you going to look at the problem? Are you going to look at the circumstances and allow it to deflate your faith? Are you going to look at God's Word and allow your faith to be inflated? Inflated faith brings inflated results. I want you to say it with me. Inflated faith brings inflated results. There was a guy back in the 1800s, a man by the name of George Mueller, and, and he started, eight, I want you to think about this, 1800s, and he started with 50 cents. And God told him, I, wanted you to, I want you to build this orphanage. And over the years in ministry, he ended up owning 13 acres. 
He built five buildings and housed over 2,000 orphans at a time in the 1800s. No, no denomination backing him, no big money people backing him. He would pray and God would move upon people's hearts and money would come from all over the world. In the 1800s, over $7.5 million came into the orphanage and he said hundreds of times we would start the day with no food, nothing to drink, not a penny to buy anything. And he tells a story, he said one day there was no, no milk, there was no bread, and he, they get together. And I mean, you think about it, we kind of wonder sometimes, how am I going to feed the two or three kids that I have? He had 2,000. And they gather together at the table and he says, Father, I thank you for the food that you're giving us to eat. And whenever he said, in Jesus' name, amen, there was a knock at the door. And it was the baker. He says, the Lord's had me up since 2 o'clock in the morning baking bread because he said you had nothing to eat here at the orphanage. Right after the baker left, the milkman's wagon broke down right in front of the orphanage and they had milk. They had to get rid of the milk so it wouldn't run. He says over and over again, we would start the day with nothing, but God would always show up. And listen, God is no respecter of person. God is no respecter of person. Remember, we're all dealt the same measure of faith. He says, you know, I started believing God for $1 and then $10 and then $100, then $1,000, then a million dollars. He says, it's just as easy to believe for a million now as it is $1. He says, the only difference between my faith and somebody else's faith is that I've developed my faith. Remember, we've all been dealt the measure of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And God is saying, I want you to inflate your faith to have inflated results. So, so how do I inflate my faith? You want to find the Scripture on whatever it is you're needing God to show up. If it's finances, you find what God's Word says about finances. If it's healing in your body, you find out what God says about healing in your body. If it's relationships, if it's forgiveness, if it's redemption, whatever it is, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He's saying, fill your faith up, boost your faith up magnify the character and nature of God. Inflated faith will bring inflated results. Now, now go with me to Matthew chapter 6. This is a very powerful teaching that very familiar. Matthew chapter 6 verse 22. Jesus says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. I want to read it to you again. The lamp of the body is the eye. Now we're talking about how do I inflate my faith. Inflated faith brings inflated results. And he says the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, else he will be loyal to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So notice what he's talking about. Remember, inflated faith brings inflated results. And Jesus says, okay, for you to inflate your faith and your body to be full of light, it's going to come down to what you're looking at, what you're hearing. What you're talking about. He says, if your eye is good, because whenever you look at something, see, I'm, I'm looking at you through my eyes right here, and light comes and it creates images. Th think about what he's saying right here. He says, but if your eye is bad, 
your whole body is going to be full of darkness. So if you're looking at the cost of diesel, if you're looking at the inflation, if you're looking at the things and you're continually looking at them, it says your, your body is going to be full of darkness. But if you look at the master, he says you're going to be faithful to one and disloyal to one. You're going to be, he's going to, one of them is going to be your master and one of them is not going to be your master. Who is your master today? Who are you serving today? Who are you allowing to speak into your heart? And, and what are you looking at today? And what are you listening to today? Remember, remember, inflated faith brings inflated results. I want to encourage you to keep inflating your faith. I want to encourage you to get into the presence of God. Quit being religious. Quit being churchy all the time. And really ask ourselves. Think about 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And we're getting ready to be done. It says it's important that you and I examine our own faith to make sure our faith is producing the results that God wants it to produce. And God is saying, I'm wanting your faith to produce. God wants to show up in your life, but what moves God is faith, not fear. Fear moves Satan like faith moves God. Am I more afraid of running out or do I have faith that no matter what, God is my provider. No matter what, God is my healer. No matter what, God is going to protect me. No matter what, God is going to help me. No matter what, God is going to direct me. No matter what, I'm going to keep my eye looking on the promise instead of looking at the promise. I'm going to keep my eye looking on the answer instead of looking on what I do don't have. I'm going to keep my eye looking unto the author and developer and the finisher of my faith who is Jesus. If you're watching this show today for the very first time in your life, God is saying, if you'll just start inflating your faith, you will see inflated results in your life. God wants to show up and He wants to help your family. He wants to help your business. He wants to help your physical body. He wants a relationship with you and I, no matter where we're at, no matter how far gone that we are. Like I've said, you've heard my testimony before. If you've watched this show for any amount of time, this isn't a game to me. I've come a long ways in my relationship with God. And I'm telling you, God is no respecter of person. So before we leave today, I want to ask you a very simple question. If you were to die today, do you know that you're going to spend eternity with God? When you look into your heart and this picture that you're standing before Almighty God, can you recall a moment or time in your life when you, yourself, not your mom, not your dad, not your grandma, not your grandma, I'm asking you, have you called upon the name of Jesus? If you were to die right now, do you have a certainty on the inside that you'll spend eternity with God? If you don't have that certainty, would you, very, would you pray a very simple prayer with me right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, right where you're listening at? And as you pray this prayer, according to God's Word, according to God's Word, the life of God comes in on the inside of you and you can know that you'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Can we pray this very simple prayer together? Can we just say, Father God, today is the day that I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and according to God's Word, I'm now saved. I'm forgiven, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, I want you to write us. I want you to call us. I want you to let us know. We want to send some material to you. We want to help you get connected, help you find a good Bible teaching church, maybe somewhere close by you. If not, go to our podcast. Go to sign up for our daily devotionals. Go to our YouTube channel. We have so many things. You can go to TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Look at all the different things that we have available. Hey, we're here to add value. And until next week, this is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best. God God bless you and we look forward to seeing you again soon.